Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery and addiction topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The views expressed here are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back to Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason. I'm a guy in long-term care. And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term abstinence. So before we do anything else, I wanted to send out a big congratulations to us because this is episode 26, which means we have been doing this for half a year. Yeah. Um, wow. Right? We're, we're halfway to season two. Now, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just, uh, you know, look, I don't know if the everyday person struggles with, you know, deciding they're going to do something and changing their life routine slightly to make that happen and sticking with it for any amount of time. I I get it. We might not make a whole year. We might not make five years, whatever. But we did make a commitment to do a podcast. And here we are. Six months later, we are still continuing to do this. I, I get the feeling that, you know, out of every hundred podcasts, probably ninety of them fall off by this point because there's not much glory in it for sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think that's a congratulations to us. Not that we weren't already meeting on Sunday mornings to meditate anyway, but still a little more work and out of our routine. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, just the amount. Of, I mean, we haven't. I think we only missed one Sunday, and we recorded it on another day. Um, right. But you've been you know, made a commitment to do this and following through. And yeah, that's awesome. I don't know if that speaks to our commitment level, uh, our obsession with doing this <laughs> or just with the fact that we have no lives and we can definitely show up on Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, I, for me, it's actually, as I've gotten older, I have gotten better at following through with things. I can tell you at a younger age, you know, I would have definitely quit doing this by now. There would have been some, <laughs> You know, there would have been something that was like, oh, I can't, I'm, uh, you know, whatever. Right. We'll do it next week. It'll be fine. It doesn't matter. You know, and just yeah. nowadays, as I've grown in my recovery, um, commitments mean more, I guess, or I am better at following through on commitments. I would definitely agree with that. As I've grown in recovery and just gotten older in life and, and all those things, uh, I don't think this is something I could have done at most points in time in my life, but here we are. We can't even meet in person. We're still finding a way it's Easter Sunday. We're still recording. So, you know, and I do have to say, I actually, I do really like getting together with you and talking and we have a good time. I enjoy your company. So that's a big part of that makes it easier too. So I do really does your input and (laughs) having fun and, you know, I enjoy doing it. So, 
No, I'm totally with you. There's a lot of times it's like Friday night or Thursday night and we've just decided our topic and I'm like amped up and I'm like, God damn it. Why can't we just record this now? Like I'm ready to go. I want to wait till Sunday morning. Um, so yes, congratulations to us. Uh, thank you for anyone who listens. I know it's even harder to listen during this time for some people. For me, for sure, I am struggling to find any time to myself. My kids are always up in my business, uh, being home all the time. But here we are. So after last week talking about step four, we had a just a couple of nice comments on Facebook um, when we posted it. Elaine talked about listening to the podcast and love hearing our perspective. Say it, she's read the basic, read it a few times in the basic text, and it works how and why. Um, but she gets so much more out of hearing other people's experience. And then she says, We're awesome. Uh, and so she's been chipping away at step four, but she's only at the resentment section out of our step working guide. I'm, I'm guessing she does not specifically say that. And she said she's kind of sitting on it because she doesn't have all the resentments that she had first thing when she got clean. Like, I get that. I used to have a lot too. Um, you know, but little things pop up here and there and she chooses to write. And so we had a little, a little back and forth, you know, she was saying, uh, probably because it was what you mentioned, like having a set time each week to do that, like set out on her schedule. And so I started responding to her and I'm like, yeah, I've been sitting on mine for six months, kind of written a little bit a couple months ago. And then I set it down again for the school semester. And, uh, and then, you know, as I'm typing, I'm like, you know what, let me just pick a date in my calendar. And so Monday nights at 630 is now my step work time. Uh, so thank you, Elaine, for inspiring me to finally commit to that. I appreciate it. Um, and then Noah, Noah decided, he said his step work keeps hiding from him. But strange how the the week's podcast helped him to find it. And I, <laughs> I all I could do was agree because uh, it's actually coming on here and talking about recovery that really inspires me to continue my recovery. Um, and then Patty uh, just mentioned to keep your eye, eye on the prize, freedom from guilt, shame, regrets, and remorse while remembering that there's assets that will make your future joyful and blessed. Keep it moving without getting caught up in the feelings. And uh, that is motivating for me, right? Like there's still times when I know I'm acting as a parent with my kids out of a little bit of, I don't know, ego or resentment or, or still some frustration. And so it is motivating to be a little more free of that and a little better of a parent, I believe. Um, so with that stuff out of the way, our little recap, uh, we have a little bit of a topic this week. And I think, Billy, you stumbled across a post that inspired this. So I will let you take it away. Uh, yeah. So as we're doing uh, more of the online meetings, um, seeing more posts popping up about join this meeting and join that meeting. And I've seen more, uh, some that have been sort of what I would call advertising a speaker where it'll say, Hey, tonight at, you know, such and such a time, Joe from Baltimore. And then it'll have a link, like he'll be tagged in the post so that you could go to his personal page for personal Facebook page and see who Joe is. Um, that sort of thing. And then I saw one even more in it. I'm going to say advertently advertising, which is, you know, it named the guy first and last name. He was an actor mentioned some movies that he was in, you know, <laughs> him in this, this, and this, he'll be speaking at this zoom meeting at eight o'clock, you know, please come join. And I thought, Holy shit. Like it's, 
you know, it's one thing when you're we're kind of pushing that boundary, I, I think. And then to me, that was like an over the top, like, come on now. That's like that is definitely an advertisement for a speaker at a recovery meeting. Like, how do you think that it's not? <laughs> yeah, that definitely when you told me about it, I was like, I, pretty much same reaction. Holy shit. Like that, that does not seem OK whatsoever. Yeah. And so it just, you know, it, it brought up to me like, wow, you know what? What has happened with some of our traditions? Um, how do they fall into this, you know, social media? You know, how do they fall into this sort of uh, whatever you call this particular uh, pandemic situation with all the online meetings? Like, you know, what is an appropriate way to deal with our social media and uh, our our links to recovery and our affiliation with our particular forms of recovery in this digital era. So I did a little digging and, and just wanted to get some input and talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, when you first mentioned it, I was, it's funny five minutes before you text me that I was on Facebook and I was getting ready to go in one of our, our recovery closed groups on Facebook. (coughs) And I was going to post that uh, my home group, which is tonight, and this was yesterday we were talking about it. I was going to say, Hey, tomorrow, you know, my home group is going to have a speaker from Texas for anybody that wants to come. And then you text me this and I was like, shit, should I not be doing that? And so it made me think of, you know, all the flyers I've ever seen for speaker jams where they're like, Oh, we got out of town speakers and this kind of stuff. And I've heard people bitch about that. Like what difference does it make? Why do they have to be out of town? Who cares? Like a speaker's a speaker. Mm. And, but it is kind of refreshing to hear somebody, you know, from somewhere else. You hear the same people sometimes in your area. Um, and so, I mean, I guess everybody's got an opinion about that, about whether we should even say we have out-of-town speakers or, or just a speaker. Or, But you, you're bringing up a really, I mean, a, a, an even further dynamic of this. Like, you know, we're talking about a, a famous individual. Um and even though it is in a closed group that is supposedly only for people in recovery, there's no real guarantee that all those people are still in recovery. You know, they might have been added when they were and then they left and nobody unadded them. It's not like we're all running around keeping track of, of everybody in a group. Um, and yeah, the definitely mentioned in the movies, like really got me. I was like, oh, my God, really? Uh, but. I didn't know. I mean, I, I went and read the traditions on this. Like you went a different route and found a bulletin about social media. And I went and read the 11th tradition out of a couple of pieces of literature. And I don't know. I, it, I'll say this. It definitely feels wrong, right? It definitely feels like there's some kind of not so positive spiritual principle behind it. Right. And, and I know for me, if I was the one doing it, if I had gotten the speaker and he was in my group and I was telling everybody he was there, it would be because I want that like acclaim by association. Right. I want to gain that prestige of look who I got, look who I brought in. So I'd be looking for some kind of validation in that. Um, I, I don't know. Like what's your take on it? Yeah, so like say I, I went and looked for some information on the different fellowships. What or I can't say the different uh, between the two big ones that most of us are familiar with: Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. Both of which have a pamphlet uh, or booklet 
that addresses social media. Um, in the Alcoholics Anonymous uh, one, they more specifically address those types of issues. It actually gives a little bit of a story of, <clears throat> I guess, back in the early days, there was a famous baseball player who made a notable, you know, turnaround, I guess, between his public life and falling apart and then getting into recovery and, you know, his career coming back and things like that. And then he affiliated with the fellowship of which they were, they were great with it at the time. They're like, Oh, this is awesome. You know, it's great publicity. It helps defeat stigma, you know, all those things. And what they found out like with not that individual, but, what happened after that is sort of slowly more and more people started breaking their own anonymity, some sort of people that had been in there long term. Then they started opening like recovery houses or recovery places affiliated with, you know, that 12 step fellowship, you know, like an endorsement kind of thing. And it got very, very hairy. Um, and so they reverted back and, and really came back to that, you know, intent of that tradition, which is, Anytime, I mean, and it sums it up pretty simply. They don't seem to be a lot of wishy-washy area, at least in that particular uh, informational pamphlet that I read. You know, you don't give your last name and you don't affiliate with what your path of recovery is. It's fine to say I'm a person in long-term recovery or I don't drink anymore or I'm abstinent or whatever you want to say, um, but you should definitely not identify with your last name and as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous with any sort of picture of your face. <laughs> like, and it's pretty clear. They don't beat around the bush much at all. Hmm. And that, and that totally makes sense. That's interesting. I, I was just reading a, a post about a baseball player, but he was in our fellowship, I believe, and had something. Yeah. To do. Was this the same guy? No, different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. All them fucked up baseball players. What's wrong with them guys? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Interesting, interesting. Um, and then I read some stuff from uh, the Narcotics Anonymous Fellowship, and there seemed to be a little more open to the idea of public media. Um, in essence, I mean, the, the AA one says, and it says it a couple times in there, it's pretty specific. I'll just kind of read um, – you know, let me see, where was it? Oh, should I be concerned about the anonymity of others who view my sites? And this is talking about any social media sites. When we use digital media, we are respond. then this is their answer. It's a question answer. Uh, so the question was, should I be concerned about the anonymity of others who view my social media sites? And the answer is, when we use digital media, we are responsible for our own anonymity and that of others. When we post text or blog, we should assume that we are publishing at the public level. When we break our anonymity in these forms, we may inadvertent, inadvertently break the anonymity of others. Um, and then there's another one about using our pictures on our social media sites. I won't read the whole question, but it says, yes, if full face photography and other easily identifiable photos of AA members who are described as AA members are published or broadcast even through, even though their full names are not given, these are considered anonymity breakers. So they're saying, even if you link your, you know, any way that you link your name, photo and affiliation with, you know, that 
fellowship is breaking your anonymity and then therefore a violation of the tradition, the intent of the traditions. And that was still the, the AA pamphlet you were yes, talking about, right? that was the AA pamphlet. Interesting. Um, and so the NA one seemed a little more open to different, uh, different ways that we can lock some of those things down. Um, different ways that you can have, which I guess gets more into where we're at now, which is what if you have a quote unquote closed group um, and you share things within a closed group, the narcotics anonymous uh, service pamphlet seems to be more open to those sorts of things. Um, Using those, you know, it describes it as if your group is locked down well enough, it's similar to sending a letter is the way they describe it. Um, but, you know, my specific question, concern comes into, you know, let's just take, uh, you know, some group that might be called uh, the Cecil County Recovery Community Page or whatever. You know, <laughs> who – so who is in charge of who comes in? You know, how do we know who's coming in? And then who – gets to decide what that group is for and then what fellowship is that group representing because they all seem pretty clear that we should not have like, just for example, we should not have like the Baltimore Narcotics Anonymous group on Facebook. Like that should not be a thing. Right. Um, So if we have these general, you know, recovery groups, we all, I mean, you're in some, I'm in some, you know that they're linked with a fellowship seems like more or less, maybe not everyone in that group is, but you know, a lot of these ones in the different groups that I've been a part of generally affiliate with one fellowship more than another. Right. And, uh, they will do lots of things, share meetings, share anniversaries, share all sorts of stuff. And is that okay? I mean, is that really a closed group? I, you know, I'm still learning some of these settings, really. Uh, I remember when people first started asking some really, like, fellowship or program-specific questions on Facebook in, you know, closed groups, I guess. But I didn't even know the groups were closed. I was like, I'm not answering that shit on my public Facebook. <laughs> and it took right. me a while to catch on that, like, only people in that group could see it. And I was not aware of that. Now, look, if I'm hugely concerned about my anonymity, I should still not answer that question because a lot of people that, like I said, people go in those groups, people relapse, people leave recovery, people could easily take screenshots, use it against you, whatever. Like if that's a concern, don't ever say anything on those groups for sure. Um, But yeah, like I, I was just sitting here thinking about all the people I know who've created like events for their anniversaries to invite people on Facebook. And is that a closed event? Like, I don't know. Can everybody see that? Are we all breaking our anonymity if we agree to go? Like, I don't think I've ever actually said I was going to any through that method, but I I really don't know if that's open to people or not. Yeah. And so in a little bit of my reading, what it made me aware of painfully is that one, I violate that tradition in, in a couple different ways. I have shared, uh, reshared events associated on my, you know, public page on my, you know, and, and I say public, I mean, 
Mine is closed to the general public, but it's open to people that are my friends or family or anyone that I'm a friend with on Facebook can see my posts. It's not generally open to everyone. Um, and like you say, I've these sites, and it mentions some of that in in one of the IP in one of the pamphlets. I can't remember one of the talks about that a little bit. Is that these sites they can change those policies at any time. Um, they can change you know, reset or change those settings if they have a site-wide changes. And people don't always keep up with that stuff like they should or even understand, you know, who can see what or or who's, you know, what happens when you tag someone in a post, you know, those sorts right. of things. And And how are we affecting people when we share photos of people and say, hey, these are some friends that I was at this convention with, or these are some people that I used to hang out with in recovery, you know, when I was in this area. Um, you know, how are we, aren't all these, I mean, and, and then I started looking at it like, yeah, wow, that is pretty much all violating the spirit of anonymity. Like to me, it's, and again, I do it. I've done it a lot. Um, it made me painfully aware of how, loose or lax I've gotten even in doing this podcast you know in the beginning it was kind of a thing of like oh, I don't really want to affiliate and then before I know it you know that's what I'm talking about that's <laughs> affiliating all the time because that's you know part of my life and I was like wow that you know and reading this information it brings up to me like oh yeah you're violating the tradition every time you do that and so I I don't I don't no, are we like because we don't say our last names uh so and we don't post pictures of our well yeah i kind of do post pictures of myself on our social media we've definitely said narcotics anonymous yeah i was i was sitting here wondering the same thing i was like are, are we yeah. fucking up with this <laughs> and again and it's not i mean i i don't know that i'm 100 percent right i i did read some other information there's a guy uh william white who's a historian of an Alcoholics Anonymous historian and sort of famous uh, advocate for the recovery movement mm -hmm. who has a lot of different information out about that same kind of thing. You know, how do you, how do you come out of the shadows as a person in recovery, you know, and, and present yourself to the public in a way that says, Hey, I am a person in recovery. I am a success story in recovery, not just a person in recovery, but I am a success story in recovery but do that in respect to, you know, the traditions and anonymity. And uh, it's, it's touchy, you know, there's not an exact line to say, you know, this is okay. And this isn't, um, it really comes down to each individual to decide, you know, what, what that line should be for them, I think, um, with some general, I mean, again, general guidelines behind the spirit of anonymity, you know, what am I really trying to do? So I, I definitely feel like I'm just violating this all over. I, I, I do the podcast where we've kind of, you know, we believe we've probably violated it. Uh, I I might still go on Facebook and post that I got an out-of-town speaker today. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. still not sure about that. And then just a few days ago, I posted pictures. Um, I came across some old pictures from early in my recovery, and I was posting them all over people's uh, Facebooks, you know, and, and showing them like, Hey, remember this time and this and that. Now I'm pretty sure I never specifically mentioned that any of them were recovery pictures. I think I just posted them like, Hey God, you remember when this was going on? Um, 
but still that could have like, I mean, it was, you know, 12 of us outside of a church. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. what people, maybe we were going to church. I don't know. Is that breaking people's anonymity if they're in a church service? <laughs> yeah. And so that's where some of this gets interesting because, you know, like in that case, if you're not mentioning what it is, then it's not. But then what do you do if someone else comments or mentions in there? Right. It, you know, how do you, what's your, is that, are you responsible for that or are they responsible for that? Or is it, you know, hmm. so I think if you have a post, you can take down comments and stuff, right? I think so. Yeah. You can remove comments or, or block comments. And then are, are we, I mean, if we're going to post those kind of pictures or do that kind of stuff, are we responsible for the comments underneath of that? Right. And, and, and then we have definitely seen people over the years taking pictures in meetings of anniversaries, whatever, posting them all over Facebook. Uh, you know, what about that? And then there's, uh, just, uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of this goes back to what we talked about in our episode about stigma. Like if we're going to break the stigma, we gotta be out. And yet at the same time, being out puts us in a very vulnerable situation as a representative of a fellowship that, or a program that unfortunately I don't ever really want to be. It's kind of why I don't wear any, uh, you know, NA t-shirts or hats or bumper stickers on my car because I don't want to be the fucking jerk representation of NA. And I will be at some point, if you watch me long enough, I'm going to be the dick. Like it's, it's bound to happen. That's, just my nature at some point I am going to, you know, show my ass, uh, to say, and, and I'm going to be a guy that is not a very pretty representation of our program. Um, right. And that's kind of what I think. So when it gets into like traditions and stuff, sometimes I think there's a, uh, I'm going to call it lazy way to sort of look at, okay, these traditions are these rules that we're supposed to follow. And I don't think that's the way that they're meant to be, implied or the meant to be understood i think the traditions like there's a there's a spirit behind those traditions you know what is the point of anonymity well there's a couple points one is to protect the fellowship as a whole from just what you're talking about you know i go out and i'm wearing my recovery t-shirt you know that names my uh 12 step fellowship or my pathway or recovery on it. And I cut somebody off or cuss somebody out in the store or whatever, then I become a representative of that. So I should be maintaining my anonymity, you know, at that public level, but then at the private level, you know, I, I shouldn't be affiliating with that particular fellowship either. It seems to be fine. And, you know, again, some of these, informational pamphlets and stuff talk about this like it seems to be fine for me to go out and say hey i'm a person in you know whatever long-term recovery i haven't used since this amount of time you know i belong to a 12-step fellowship blah 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 blah. like it's fine to make those kind of comments those kind of statements those admissions on your public media it's when you start specifically affiliating with that fellowship that it seems to be um pretty clear that you shouldn't do that (laughs) yeah that's so uh, i read the 11th tradition uh this morning out of our basic text and it works how am i and there i go i mentioned recovery program specific literature so i guess i'm breaking anonymity all over again um at first, before I even mention what the hell they said they're the shortest two goddamn readings in any book (laughs) i've seen of ours 
And I'm really jealous that they're not step readings because that would be super easy to do. It took me like five minutes to read both up. I was like, holy shit, these are short. Uh, So I guess there's not much to say about it. So on the 11th tradition, uh, what is it? Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And so the first question for me is, is social media press? is podcasting radio like i i don't have these answers right but those are like the first pressing questions like this isn't a a a national press radio or film per se and neither is my social media but i don't think they were really prepared for social media when they wrote that either um you sent me a link to a, a proposed update to those to that tradition that mentioned like in any public posting or i can't even remember the wording of it but it included, you know, social media type posts in the new, newly worded 11th tradition proposal, um, which I thought was interesting because I, I really don't know if social media is considered press radio or film. And so that's like my first hang up. Um, but the traditions went on to say, and, and like you said, it doesn't have any formal, hey, this is how you do it. Uh, there's no rules or regulations. The spirit of the tradition read that basically we don't want an, a celebrity endorsement, right? We don't want, uh, you know, the Michael Jordan, uh, you know, on our commercial for, for Narcotics Anonymous, like, hey, uh, I'm a great athlete and Narcotics Anonymous helped me win six championships and you should try it. We don't want that celebrity endorsement was basically what it was saying about, you know, keeping our our personal anonymity at the level of press radio and films because like you said those people could turn out to to, their reputation could get tarnished and then our reputation is tarnished as a byproduct uh, or all these other cases of that and so the whole tradition was mainly dealing with you know that we want to be attractive rather than promoting ourselves not that we can't advertise in some way shape or form we just want to advertise you know, what we know we're capable of, which was that, hey, this program has worked for some people. It could also work for you. It's possible. Uh, we don't want to make any glaring promises about what this program will definitely do for you because that is false and that is promotion. We just want to say this has worked for us. It could work for you, too. Uh, and we don't want to do that with any celebrity person. And so that's what I got out of the whole tradition. It really didn't say anything about what we're doing as a person or saying our whole names or any of that stuff about social media. Yeah. And it's interesting. So I, I was just thinking about that as you, as you were talking there and I read, so I'm going to go back to, uh, up, up to, and even now I'm like, is it okay to say I'm reading something out of the anonymous <laughs> literature? I don't know, but, but I'm going to, I, I kind of like the way they describe this. So I'm going to pull this little piece out and it says, okay. um, If we look at the history of AA from its beginnings in 1935 until now, it is clear that anonymity serves two different yet equally vital functions. One, at the level, at the personal level, anonymity provides protection for all members from identification as alcoholics, a safeguard often of special importance to newcomers. And two, at the public level of press, radio, TV, films, and other media technologies, such as the internet. 
Anonymity stresses the equality in the fellowship of all members by putting the brakes on those who might otherwise exploit their AA affiliation to achieve recognition, power, or personal gain. So, you know, when you look at those two, if we say, all right, well, that's the two aspects of anonymity. If I am only revealing that information about myself to try to help others or to try to promote, you know, the recovery messaging, am I still keeping in the spirit of anonymity? Like if I'm just saying, Hey, you know, I have this life thanks to my 12 step fellowship or because I went to this program or I go to these meetings, you know, they can work for you too. Hmm. If I'm doing that sort of thing, you know, it, it seems like in, in the spirit of the tradition, in the spirit of protecting anonymity, um, I don't know. It's just an interesting, you know, if I break my own anonymity in a way that's helpful or serves others, is that okay? Yeah, I, I <laughs> and this goes back to, to our stigma conversation and where I feel like I'm kind of at today. Uh, if I continue to stay in hiding, then the stigma does not get broken, right? If I become a, a social worker and I don't constantly speak out about who I am, then social workers continue to judge and, and decide if people like me are worthy of coming in when really it shouldn't be any decision. I'm a human, just like anybody else that applies to be a social worker. Like I shouldn't have to jump through hoops to do it just because I did, you know, I have this in my background at some point. And so I think with, if we never speak up about it, that never changes. We, we just continue to think of addicts as these certain type people and we need to monitor them extra closely unlike the rest of the people. And I don't know, that doesn't sit right with me. I, I, I would say this, I, there's, we're not getting any, uh, we're not building our reputations off the backs of NA in this podcast. That's for sure. Like, <laughs> we're not getting critical acclaim because of narcotics anonymous. That's for sure. Um, so right. everything we've said so far, I don't feel like, as classless as it might have been for the person to post that about the famous actor, I don't actually feel like it violated anything. It was in a closed group. Uh, it was probably only people who were addicts and thinking about going to a meeting to begin with that just had, you know, the ability to consider going to this specific meeting. Yeah. And it's hard to say for that individual. I know if, I don't know how I would feel if someone posted something like that about me advertising me as a speaker at a meeting. I don't know that I, if they didn't ask my permission ahead of time or um, get, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't feel comfortable with someone doing that to me. So it's hard to know whether they got that individual's approval or permission or whether they just kind of did it on their own, you know? There's no way they got <laughs> approval for that. To me, that makes a difference because, you know, what, what you're violent, like in that case, not only is that sort of promotion, you know, rather than attraction, which is a separate tradition from anonymity, but it's, you know, it's basically outing him with, you know, whether he wants it or not, which I've seen that over the years on Facebook 
a few times with a few different famous people and people saying, oh, this is their anniversary day and posting them with pictures of their medallions and shit. And I've always thought, oh, that's so fucking tacky. Like, it's kind of cool if you're a person in the fellowship to know that there are famous people that come. Like, that's kind of neat to know. But it, like you said, it, it feels wrong when I see that. You know, it feels wrong when they're saying, oh, so-and-so, you know, is is this big public person and their recovery in that part of their life becomes really public too. And then we've known some of those people have gone back and relapsed and died and overdosed and things like that. And what does that say about us as a fellowship? I'm just mad that, you know, there's not way more people advertising what I share personally. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that guy. No, I, I definitely, I'm with you. Uh, I, I did think, you know, does he know about this? That was a, a curiosity question I had because I, if he's, you know, practicing these principles in all her, his affairs, I would imagine that it probably doesn't sit well with him to have that either. And at the same time, I would bet he's probably pretty used to being treated that way because he is a celebrity. Like, that's what happens, right? People want to ride your coattails. I don't know. People want to get a claim from having you. People want to use you to build their brand. I, I guess, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Hey, everybody should come to my meeting. You know, like it, it's just a meeting, bro. He's going to share in another one three days from now. Like it's not, it's not really building your brand, I guess. Right. But I get it. I get it. So what I wanted to post about the guy sharing at my home group tonight from Texas, uh, Completely in the spirit of, hey, if you happen to be a person in this area who normally just hits local meetings, like I know me personally, I, I'm all over the place with the meetings, right? I don't need, uh, I'm not technology, uh, what would you call that? <laughs> uh, disabled? I, I don't know. I'm pretty yeah. good with technology. Like I can look things up and find things. So I'm all over the place. But for somebody in this area that's maybe not as fluent in technology, uh, that just hits local meetings and, you know, hasn't heard many speakers lately. It's more for the, that's why I wanted to post it for the benefit of those people. Hey, maybe you'll get something out of this. Maybe it'll inspire you to hit a meeting because he's out of town. I don't know. Uh, it's not because I need more people at my home group meeting. Cause I really don't give a shit. Um, we have our 15 every week and I'm happy with that. And everybody usually gets a chance to talk because there's not too many of us. Um, so I don't know. Let's let's take a quick pause here so we can do our ad. It's kind of hard to time because we're on a different system. Oh, here, yeah. but we'll take a quick break and, and we'll come right back to this. This episode has been brought to you by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit grassroots recovery community organization located in Maryland. Voices of Hope is made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity and respect of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopececilmd.org and consider donating to our cause. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. 
With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, welcome back from the break. Uh, and so, you know, what's your thoughts on that? Can you advertise a speaker? Or? Yeah, so when we talk about advertising, you know, speakers, if we want to use the word advertising, but normally in the normal course of life, you know, I would talk to you at a meeting or run into you somewhere. Hey, we got this guy coming from out of town to speak at the meeting, you know, right. maybe come over, check it out. And, and some people might talk and that information would kind of get passed around word of mouth amongst people within the recovery community. Um, I've had conversations with people about that, but that's a little different. Like, you know, is it breaking someone's anonymity to say something you heard in a meeting about someone you're friends with to another person in recovery? You know, those kind of things like, mm. you know, you go to the meeting, share you're having some personal issues. I share with some friends, some mutual friends of ours out of concern. You know what I mean? And say, hey, Jason's really struggling with this right now. Maybe give him a call, see how he's doing. You know, there's areas like that that you know, is that breaking someone's anonymity if it's in the spirit of caring and concern? Um, but I think anyway, when we talk about speakers coming from out of town or having new speakers like that stuff would normally get shared within the closed recovery community. Um, you would know about people's anniversaries. You would know about all that stuff, not hanging a flyer at the Acme. You know, not posting a flyer at the church where the meeting happens. Hey, you know, Jason's anniversary this Saturday. Come on. (laughs) You know, we do that within our closed communities. And right now with social media, I don't know that we have the ability to close them down, you know, like like we want to. Um, In your case, like what I thought and just my take on it was there would be nothing wrong with saying, hey, we have. Joe C. from Texas coming out to speak at the meeting tonight, you know, at this time. Now, again, whether we should be sharing that within some of these closed groups or not, I don't know. You know, I don't know how, unless the group policy is posted somewhere or what, you know, what their intent is of the group. Those would be things that would matter if I was going to post or advertise recovery things within those groups, I guess. See, I think that our closed Facebook groups are just as locked down as our meetings. Uh, I don't know about this area. I've never actually looked into it too much. And I, and I know there are some smaller areas where it might matter a little more, where, where meetings are closed and definitely some other fellowships that might have a little more stigma around them are for sure having closed meetings but like the greater Baltimore area, almost every goddamn meeting is an open meeting. And that means for anybody who doesn't know that people who aren't addicts are free and welcome to come whenever they want. Uh, they're asked not to share, but you can attend. So anybody that truly wanted to could be at any of these meetings listening to anniversaries be announced or looking at our flyers that say that, you know, Josie from Texas is coming to share the speaker jam Sunday. Right. Like most of our shit is not closed down that way and i'm i don't think it is up here either as far as i know no i believe in this area we have one closed meeting every other meeting is an open meeting 
Right. And so I, I feel like that's just as open as our closed Facebook groups, uh, if not more open, honestly. Well, I guess I think in terms of, let's say you have a, you know, whatever, I'm going to go back to the Cecil County recovery page or whatever. So within that uh, recovery page, you know, there's people in different fellowships in different walks of life. There's people that are supporters of recovery, not necessarily recovery members. Mm. Um, And so, you know, how does that work? Is that still a closed group? Yeah, I don't know. And I, and I gotta say, I, I'm not sure. Does I it feel matter? Like, that's, what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, dude. I, I'm feeling like it almost doesn't matter to me. Um, not that I don't want to follow traditions and protect, you know, the fellowship, but just <clears throat> from what I read in that 11th tradition, none of this seems like a violation. That seems like all about the advertising and the way we deal with the public in the sense of how we promote our message. Uh, and, and in the sense that we don't want to promote our message, we don't want to have anybody standing up and being the face of us. Um, but that we're welcome to, you know, share as we feel it is helpful with people. Um, and so for us, that is on a small podcast level at times and, and on closed recovery pages with the intent of helping someone, um, that is the goal, right? Now, look, I, like I said earlier, I don't personally believe that that post about uh, the actor and, and his movies he was in had a whole lot of class, right? Yeah. Yet, if there was a person who saw that and they were feeling down and they weren't generally going to hit a meeting that day and that inspired them to click onto that link and hit one, uh, was it beneficial? Probably. So it's hard to say, really. Yeah, and so in the Narcotics Anonymous uh, pamphlet, they actually say something similar. Hold on, I'm going to try to... uh, I won't find it right this second, but it talks about that as far as, you know, we... Just like it can look like we're endorsing certain people. What if there's people that don't like that fucking guy and think, oh, he always plays villains. He's always a bad guy. He's a terrible person. He was in this movie and he raped people. Like, I don't want to be affiliated with anything that he's a part of. You know, they they caution about that happening as Mm -hmm. equally as someone being attracted to it. Someone can be put off by it as well. You know, um. And they worded it pretty well, but it was it was the the counter to that. Like, yeah, some people can be attracted to it, but it could just as well push someone away who looks at that and says, I don't want to be affiliated with anything that fucking guy's affiliated with. No, and, and that makes sense. But I would take that back to the episode we had about specialty meetings, right? Like if the meeting where he's at isn't good for you, go to another one, right? That was what we kind of agreed upon at the end of that episode was that I, I get what you're saying in the sense of if he became the face for our fellowship, then people might leave the fellowship because they don't want to associate with it. But if he's just a guy sharing at one meeting uh, that helps some people get motivated to go to that one meeting, even the people who aren't motivated to go to that meeting will go somewhere else. Like that's that's not that's like saying people who are against women's meetings uh, will just leave the fellowship because they don't want to be associated with that. No, they can just go to a different meeting. 
Yeah, well, the way they talked about it was as far as newcomers, like newcomers mm. drawn to the fellowship. Um, right, well, and, and if he was that, the face, yeah, if he right. was the face of our fellowship, if he was our public endorsement face, yeah, I would see that totally. Uh, hmm, I can't imagine hearing he's doing a meeting or anybody's doing a meeting and be, well, no, that's not true. There's a person I know that if they were doing a meeting, I might think about leaving Narcotics Anonymous. <laughs> not going to lie. Uh, you know, I probably wouldn't, but I'd at least consider it. Um, yeah. So anyway, and then I think about like, okay, so why does any of this fucking matter? Like, what's the big deal? Who cares? It, you know, my personal, like, how does any of this affect me and my personal recovery? And so I've always looked at like the traditions and, and a lot of this stuff, because again, over the years, I have violated uh, that spirit of anonymity in every way possible. I probably <laughs> will do it in some ways today. I mean, there was times where I wore, you know, in a t-shirts and, and, you know, hats and all kinds of stuff. And then there was a period of time where I went back to like wearing some stuff that had like an older logo on it that didn't actually have, you know, NA in it, you know, so I would sort of look for things that were a little more, uh, anonymous. Subtle. Yeah. A little more subtle. Wasn't quite so obvious. Um, I know my wife, wears lots of t-shirts and clothes that are about recovery, but none that affiliate with specific, you know, programs and stuff. Um, so we have changed over the years to try to adapt to some of that. Um, not so much for the stigma part of things, but just to, to try to live more in line with these spiritual principles that are within these traditions. You know, I don't, so I always think I know, the harm that's going to come from when I do things, but I have in my brain, this part of me that will justify and rationalize certain behaviors and think, well, it's not going to be that bad. It's not a big deal. It doesn't matter. You know, and then I act out on some defect or I, I do something and I don't realize the spiritual consequences of that. Like I couldn't predict those spiritual consequences ahead of time. And this is another one where for me personally, like I like to look at it that way. Like I try to say, well, I want to live within the spirit of this tradition of anonymity because I don't want to, you know, reap harm down the road that I didn't foresee. And so I don't just get to throw it out the window and be like, oh, it doesn't matter. We can fucking just do whatever we want on social media. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> we can just fucking advertise speakers and fucking promote all our stuff and just affiliate out the ass with all kinds of fellowship. And I'm not saying that we should or shouldn't do those things. I'm just saying that we shouldn't haphazardly travel down this road and throw it off like it doesn't matter. Because for me, what happens, and it's the same thing that's happened with the podcast. So as we started doing the podcast in the beginning, I know I was, and I think you were a little more mindful of, you know, affiliation and those kind of things. But then listening to other podcasts and looking into other recovery podcasts and like, there is all kinds of them out there that are fucking stealing logos and they talk directly about their fellowships and they talk almost, they're almost like they are spokesmen for their fellowships. Hmm. So I think, well, if all these people are doing it, it's got to be fine, right? I mean, everybody else is doing it, so it should be fine. And so I begin to throw my values out the window and justify behavior because it's easy and convenient based on what everybody else is doing. And that's not the kind of person that I want to be today. That's the kind of stuff that I did when I was using, you know, and, and this may seem like a minor thing to some people. But if I thought that anything that we were doing could 
cause harm to a fellowship or cause harm to a newcomer or push someone away like that. That's not the person that I want to be. No, I'm with you, uh, man. So many pieces that I wanted to talk about. One, the the tradition in our literature actually does talk about wearing clothing. It does not say it, there's something wrong with it. Um, it just mentions the cautions about you know being aware that we have that on and and trying to present ourselves in a certain light. Uh, I can't remember exactly how it says it all, but I, I thought it was interesting that they specifically addressed that. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I, that's because really, the world likes to sell merchandise and literature. <laughs> that's you for might the, be right. the NA world conspiracy people. <laughs> there you go. You're probably right. Uh, and you mentioned, I, I, all I could sit over here and think you were talking about, <clears throat> you know, you don't think this is harming anything. And I was like, we talk about in the traditions that, you know, their hard-won experience gave birth to these traditions. And I'm thinking, man, their hard-won experience turned out to be so good. We should get our own hard-won experience and fuck shit <laughs> <Right>. up now. <laughs> That's what we're doing with social media. We're getting yeah. some experience. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll feel like shit for a little while, but we'll learn some good lessons out of it, right? Um, I don't know. I was thinking, man, what happens when I put that, that actor's name in the title of this podcast to try to gain more <laughs> yeah, listens? <right. laughs> See if I can get some listens. Yeah. Oh yeah. What you well, this well, and, too? and speaking of so it was funny in the in the one fellowship pamphlet, the the NA one, they make sure to bring up uh copyright infringements and use of logo and things like that in there. There's a whole section about all that in the Narcotics Anonymous one that didn't seem to be there in the AA one. They weren't as worried about that as the NA people were. <laughs> Yeah, that is interesting. I, I hear a lot about our literature and how we make money and why do we need money. And, you know, there's a, a, a lot of debate about that. Maybe one day we'll get more informed and we'll we'll talk about that topic. At a, or maybe we'll have somebody on that's informed. I don't really want to do that kind of research. That sounds like work. I could link it with some Facebook groups that, you know, they have all that shit. They're like printing their own literature. and <laughs> Yeah, the good old baby uh, blues. Yeah, it's there's still a whole movement of all that people that are starting their own new affiliated fellowship, but they're not starting a new one because they're taking back ownership of this one. And oh, it's it's fun, (laughs) (laughs) man. I dream of a day when I have that kind of time on my hands. Yeah, do those people have kids? I'm just curious. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. People have kids. (laughs) They're pretty passionate. I will say that they are very very passionate. You know, I frequently get passionate about things. And what I find later is that that does not always serve me as well as I hoped it would. It gives me a lot of energy and drive, but it doesn't actually turn out to be great results usually when I'm letting that be the drive. Um, I don't know. You got any more to say about this? Uh, What do you ultimately think? Was it was it a bad thing for them to post that post or was it? Um, in my opinion, yes, I think there's a way that you could do it. That was a little more within this, what I would call the spirit of anonymity. Um, but I felt like that one was definitely done in a spirit of attraction, not, you know, I mean, a spirit of promotion. Right. Um, it was, it would seem like a fucking a promotional flyer is what, it, <laughs> what yeah. it felt like to me. And, and so in that context, it, it felt wrong. Um, I don't know that I would think that that was right even in a meeting. If I went to a meeting and saw that flyer laying on a table, I think I would be like, oof, that's, you know, 
<laughs> yeah. Not, you know, that something doesn't feel right about that. Um, but if I saw the same flyer that said, you know, out of town speakers, you know, Joe C from fucking Texas and Phil W from Montreal or whatever, I wouldn't think much about it. You know, that you would also be- wouldn't know who the hell they were, though. <laughs> right. But isn't is that the point of anonymity? It it is, but I'm curious if there's a way. Like, there's just so many more subtle ways they could have done it. Even even in you know mostly giving away who it was, but still keeping it a little classier, I guess, from my point of view. Like, I I do get the point of, hey, uh, this might motivate some people to come out to a meeting because he's well known, right? I get that. Like, I. I'm not even trying to take that away. I just think you could do it without, you know, hey, he was in these blockbuster hits in 1984. Like, well, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Good God. Right. That was like way over the top. Yeah, it was. It was definitely. Oh. But yeah, it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's for me personally, like it's a slippery slope. And the, you know, when I start opening myself up to um, breaking my anonymity is, and, looking into some of this reminded me of, of why of some of the dangers and why I need to be careful about me to be frank. I am, you know, I'm not out to save the world on most of this kind of stuff anymore. It's about how do I want to live? What do I want to do with my social media? How do I want to handle those things? I belong to a lot of those groups. You know, what do I want my behavior to be within those groups? Because just like, I feel like, you know, or, or, or the, the danger is there that as much as I want to combat stigma and show that the program works, that's kind of ego. That's taken for granted that I'm always going to be a person that's going to be able to show that the program works. You know, <laughs> here for now I'm using, then I've become a person that just feeds right into the stigma and says, see, that shit doesn't work. Recovery isn't real. That's a lie. You know, so it's a balance. I, I If I'm going to wear one hat, the other one comes along with it, whether I like it or not. Yeah. I, I mean, but I don't know that that's a reason to shy away from, from doing it. Right. Like yeah. if that does come with it, I get it. I get that it could have a little negative connotation to people who already want to see that it's negative. Um, you know, yeah, it, of course it'll be a way for people who, who already hate to hate more like, yep, I knew it. That proved my point. Right. Um, but at the same time, I think, uh, if you do that, you got to accept it. Yeah. To me, that gives me more reason not to, to do anything like using, right? That gives me more reason to hold myself accountable in public. Like, hey, people do know who I am. I better really try to mind my manners and be on my best behavior. Um, so that, that just gives me more focus, I think, the knowing that uh, my anonymity is a little less, you know, secure than other people's. I, I, I need to fucking watch what I'm doing. Like I need to really work this program and be about this shit that I say that I am about. If not, I'm going to be, you know, that guy, (laughs) that guy that I would judge. Uh, Yeah. And there's a likelihood too, that if I am, am understanding and appreciating and taking ownership of my own anonymity, that it's way more likely that I'm going to understand, appreciate and take ownership of your anonymity or my wife's anonymity mm. or other members of my group's anonymity. You know, if I'm willing to kind of throw mine out the window and get lax with some of that, I may inadvertently, not on purpose, but I may inadvertently do that to other people because I'm not 
my 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 awareness isn't there. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I don't think that it's bad. I know plenty of people, you know, do break their anonymity. And again, I, I'm sure I'll do it again soon enough. I'm sure it'll happen if you follow, you know, anything that I do on social media. Eventually I'll reshare something or post something or say something that in some way is a violation of that in a spirit of promotion, usually to try to, uh, I mean, in the spirit of attraction to try to attract people to recovery. Right. So I, I think we've beat that topic down. Um, <clears throat> so we, we can give it a, a nice burial now and move on. We, we did this last week and it did not get recorded, but yes. let's go back and talk about our zoom meeting. So, you know, we started last week and, and we'll, we'll try this again here. Like, what has your experience been so far? For me, I, I know I'm hearing that there's like two camps, the camp that is really enjoying this and the camp that is just not on board and cannot wait to get back to in-person meetings, which to that camp, I say, oh my God, I am sorry, because that might be a while. Um, my experience is definitely, I, I'm all over the place. I, I decided one morning I was going to get up really super early in the morning and hit an Australian meeting because it just seemed like the coolest shit ever. And, uh, and so that just spurred me on. I've been to Australia, the state of Georgia, Virginia, Scotland, Texas, the UK, Hawaii, South Africa. And just yesterday I did Israel and, uh, I am like having a blast with that. Um, so what, what, what's your, where are you at with all this? Uh, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't, you know, even this, like, I was like, ah, let's not do this over this fucking internet thing. Let's just go meet at the place and do the thing that we always do. And, uh, I feel that about my home group. It was novel for half a minute. You know, I did two or three meetings and now my home group, I think we'll be in week three or four at this point. And, uh, you know, this week after the home group, I was like, I'm going to text five of those fuckers next week and just say, Hey, Let's just meet at the place. We'll meet outside. <laughs> we'll just fucking stand six feet apart. I can't, you know, it just feels so uh, distant and separated. Uh, I really miss that personal interaction. And I get personal interaction. I go out to work, you know, I'm, I'm mm. interacting with people face to face. It's not that I just totally lack personal interaction in my life. Um, I have it at work, but it's, it's a different feel for my recovery. You know, I, part of the appeal of my home group has been going to that place and hanging out with those guys and laughing and cracking jokes and, you know, having a good time and the meeting before the meeting and the meeting after the meeting. And that's been happening a little bit on the social media, but it's just not the same. Right. So I've found definitely my experience is way better on my laptop than on my phone. Uh, yes. Cannot- I cannot yeah. stand the online meeting on my phone, honestly. Um, on my laptop, I, I have a pretty good time. I will say this, though. I need to treat it just like an in-person meeting in order for it to be beneficial for me. Um, there's been days where I had already done a meeting, and then I hopped on for a second one. And I was like, oh, uh, you know, I've already been to my my real meeting today. I'm just here kind of hanging out so I can, like play on some other browser tabs or, or answer some text messages or catch up on something else. I get zero out of that fucking meeting. I hear nothing that they talk about usually when I'm doing that. And so I need to like close everything out, just be on the meeting, just be watching the speaker who's talking. That's the only way I really 
get a meeting out of it. Um, but when I do that, I, I'm getting really good meetings. I'm, I'm impressed hearing people from all over. And I don't know. I thought it would wear off a little bit. But so far, it's been really, really good. Yeah. And I mean, that's a weird, you know, I think a very personal thing for me in general. Like, I'm not a big conventions person. Um, not that I don't enjoy hearing great speakers. But, you know, if I want to just hear a great speaker at any particular time, I can find them, you know, a, a good message online, different places or whatever. I am uh, such an egotistical jerk. I was like, if I want to hear a great speaker, I talk. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, God. Yeah. So, you know, I, and I mean, obviously conventions are in person, but there's something that I don't get the connection with when I go to a room full of. 40 people that I don't know any of them really well, or there's not that, you know, friendship or companionship build up over time. Like those are important aspects of my support network and my recovery on a regular basis, you know? And if I didn't have those things, like I've always said, I, my home group is my favorite meeting I go to. And it's not because the quality of the meeting is always the best. We don't have speakers. Sometimes there's seven of us. Sometimes people are sitting there for five minutes. Nobody says anything. You know, it's it's the companionship and the friendship that's been built over 16, 17, 18 years of time that that mm. is feel. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I will say there is something even though, look, my home group is is mostly like three recovery houses in the area and, and me and the guy who owns the recovery houses and, you know, one or two other people stop in. And so looking at that from the outside, I would say, Oh my God, that meeting probably sucks ass. Right. But because it's my home group and I'm comfortable with those people, I love that meeting. And like, I, I feel connected when I go to it and I, I get a lot out of what people say in it. And I'm like, if you'd have told me that that would be the case, I wouldn't believe you, but it right. is. And, and I do feel more connected at that meeting than any other meeting. Um, yeah. I think my goal with these other meetings, A, is just the neat experience of hearing accents and, and what different people talk about in different areas. But two, like I'm hoping to make connections in these other areas. Maybe not all of them, but just to build new friendships. Like, I don't know. It could be really interesting for me. So that's what, you know, that's what the online thing has been. I think there's a, a ton of meetings we can hit. And we had posted on social media a little while back about the craziest or funniest thing people had seen in an online meeting so far. Uh, do you have your list pulled up? Yep. All right. So we'll take turns again and we'll try this one more go round. If it doesn't work this time, you guys are beat. You're never hearing it. Uh, uh-huh. So Christine said that she saw a lady that was sharing for five minutes and the lady was just muted immediately. And I, <laughs> That sounds rude for one, uh, but I've seen a lot of meetings where they're like, after four minutes, they throw up the one minute timer. I would just imagine, I I would think they would wait till like eight minutes to mute you. Like five minutes in is pretty harsh. Oh, okay. I misunderstood the way that, so the way that reads, I thought what she meant was she had herself on mute and then started sharing. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Like is it <laughs> something? And, and you can't hear him, but Billy's talking on mute, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was that. 
you know anyway that that would be a lot funnier actually you're I saying completely... is if the moderator muted muted them oh you're at five minutes moderator mute yeah i thought that bitch got gonged <laughs> oh, that would be done. funny too i would like that maybe we should start doing that in my room that would be fun <laughs> Yeah. People right on the five minute mark. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Your version is much funnier, I guess. Yeah. yeah. How did we not realize that last week when we did this? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, so Joe S says, myself examining my face, my overgrown haircut, etc., in the camera, forgetting everyone else could see me as well. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And I've noticed some of that with stuff going on in the background and, and things, you know, moving around in the house. Um, I try to be aware. So on one of the platforms, I realized there is a view that you can turn off the self view where you don't see yourself because that mm-hmm. threw me off at first too. like trying to speak. And then I'm looking at myself talking is just weird. You know, that's just very weird. Then I realized I could turn myself off. But you had mentioned before, like, I have to be careful if I don't see myself, I want to sit there and, and do weird shit <laughs> right right i will definitely if i'm not paying attention like if i'm in another browser tab i might pick my nose or something you, you right. never know what's gonna happen <laughs> right all the more reason to stay focused to to being in the meeting for sure yes uh so so marmar said someone walking around behind the person that is sharing like <laughs> sit your ass down there's a meeting going on you were distraction my friend <laughs> and you know she said that in, in comedy but it, it's true there is a lot of distractions and I, I was kind of curious i almost i might do a, a twitter poll about this are people doing uh this in speaker view or in gallery view because i have a feeling that a lot of people are doing the speaker view where it's a big picture of the speaker and you know not really any other pictures distracting them i personally love gallery view because i want to see what the fuck is going on in everybody's house uh yeah. and so I probably do it a worse way for distractions, but I'm curious what everybody else is doing. Are you guys, are you guys watching everybody's reactions or are you just watching the speaker? So on my phone, I was doing speaker view. I found that that worked better on the phone platform. Okay. Um, it just made it easier anyway. Um, on the computer, I personally think I like the gallery view and I don't like when people don't have a video up. I don't like when people put a mm. photo up. I think the whole point of doing these meetings right now is because we are missing out on that ability to have uh, that personal connection. And even though this isn't overly personal, it feels way less personal when it's some stock photo of either the avatar that's blank or some stock photo of a person, you know, and well, I guess do it. I just don't like it. You know, what you- I will tell you is do not go to South Africa. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so when I went to the South Africa meeting, uh, what I found out is their entire area is on audio only. Um, you go into the online video sharing platform <clears throat> and you're on until meeting time and then they shut everybody off and it's audio only. Um, and so they say they're doing that one for anonymity purposes, uh, which they say, but the other purpose is that it costs money for people to have their video stream into their phones. And so in order to save money and be more, you know, widely available to lower socioeconomic statuses, they shut out video. So only the audio has to stream into people's devices. 
And I just thought that was a really interesting take. I actually meant to bring that up when we were talking about the anonymity portion of, you know, the, the conversation earlier. But I guess yeah. that I, I agree. I think I love the video. I think it makes a little more connection. But I guess their area is like, you know, that connection is not worth cutting people out. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a little disappointed. Yeah. Um, so Chris is next and it looks like he has a photo of a guy wearing, looks like a, maybe a cat mask. Is there a, a cat or a pig? It's a wolf. I think it's a wolf. Is uh, it a wolf? It looks like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Guy wearing a, a wolf mask or it's like a half mask where you can see the bottom of his chin, but you know, I'm going to find my son's panda head from his Halloween yeah. costume and just go to meetings like that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Ernest mentions a dude with no shirt on. Please, folks, be respectful. And that I was kind of—I didn't even know how to respond to that really because I—I I wouldn't go to a, a regular NA meeting without my shirt on, obviously in person. But if I'm in my house, like, am I hurting anything? So, and this actually ended up coming up after he posted this. I had the idea that I wanted to go to a meeting from my hot tub out back. Like, it just—I yeah. was like, fuck yeah, why not? Right. Uh, but then I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I'm not going to have my shirt on. Is that rude? What do I do? And so I was able to keep the camera mostly, uh, at face level and above. So I don't think it was too rude. And then it actually 15 minutes into the meeting got dark outside. And so nobody could see me anyway, but I, what's your take on that? Do you think it matters if people have shirts on in their house? Uh, I mean, I don't think it matters. I think I can choose to not look at anyone I want. You know, we've had meetings at events where, you know, people are in swim trunks without shirts on and things like that. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, um, I don't know. (laughs) I I think we just need to start a a shirts off meeting of online. (laughs) (laughs) Completely shirts off. Yeah. Should be a men's rap. (laughs) (laughs) A women's rap would be way more interesting. (laughs) Yeah, but they're not coming. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so Steven says I like trying to see if I can find people napping (laughs) if you follow that one down that thread there's actually a picture of someone absolutely completely asleep which is hilarious I can't picture falling asleep in a meeting but that goes back to when I had my first uh, online meeting with my home group it blew my mind how many people attended meetings laying down. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Sit up. You're in a meeting, right? Like I just can't even fathom in my head. And I guess with the phone, it's different. I'm usually on my laptop, but I just can't fathom laying down in a meeting. Like it just feels so weird to me. I am up when I am on webcam. I'm sitting up for sure. Yeah. I found I have to be sitting up too. I can't be laying down. Even on my phone, I have to be sitting up. (laughs) We did miss one above that uh, underneath the earnest one. Kim had said that she saw a guy naked on his bed with a pillow over his winky, which I just thought was too <laughs> hilarious not to mention. Uh, I'm hoping that's in the spirit of getting some laughs and not in the spirit of exhibitionism. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I've heard some people joke about that kind of thing, you know, uh, getting on meetings naked, getting on, you know, showing their junk or. You know, one guy's like, oh, when my, as soon as mine picks up, it's just a picture of my balls. Okay. But yeah, I, I think people just trying to be funny, trying to, trying to make a joke out of it. 
I remember when I first got here, uh, my first sponsor used to talk about how he had been to some anniversaries where people like stripped down to their boxers and, you know, figuratively said they were going to get naked uh, in their share or whatever. But they literally stripped down to their boxers in the goddamn meeting. I was like, that's a little too much, I think. Uh, yeah, that's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> where are we at? Elizabeth? Uh, well, she says rapey naked. So she's yep. talking about someone naked. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunate uh, name there, Rapey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not the name I would want in recovery. Yeah, I I don't know who Rapey is, but <clears throat> uh, I don't know. I guess if it was funny or crazy, he must not be all that great to see naked. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know. I know that's been a – wasn't it a uh, like a PETA advertisement for a while where they had all the women sort of half naked or there was some advertising campaign about that. And I'm pretty sure it was PETA was doing something like that. So maybe it's attraction rather than promotion. (laughs) (laughs) PETA was definitely promoting. Yeah. Um, Michael says someone shared their experience for the good old ironic answer. Uh, Yeah. Eric says just heard a toilet flush. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And then John continues with he heard that and and the stream before it. Uh, Very. I don't know. So I'm. I guess that's the same kind of people that will like go into a public bathroom to take a poop and then call somebody on the phone. I, I personally think that's really weird, but some people just do that. Yeah, that is odd. I, I did actually kind of had to take a phone call while I was in the bathroom the other day, which was kind of <laughs> weird. Um, I mean, I guess I could have waited and taken it when I was done, but it was sort of a work. We were in the middle of a situation. <laughs> so, uh. so that was weird. <laughs> It just felt awkward. Like, oh, they can tell I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to get too graphic. I guess when the main portion of my bathroom is done, like I have been on the phone before. After that, I'm like, well, they're not going to hear nothing now. I'm pretty much done. But not in the shower, um, obviously. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I forget what I was going to say. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. okay. So, Todd, I think. Yeah. Todd, people being asked not to vape on video, so they are hiding it behind their hair. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing. How can you ask anybody not to smoke or vape in their own goddamn house? I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw some people smoking a vape, and it reminded me of like early meetings. I mean, it, you know, people used to smoke in the meetings when I first started coming around, and you know, that was like the big deal where you could go to the because it was. It was right at that time where they were stopping allowing people to smoke in a lot of facilities. So right. one that you could smoke in was like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, I went to one smoking meeting back in the day. It was called Smoking on Sundays down in Canton. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I always thought leading up to going there that it would be a great idea. I'm like, fuck yeah, you get to smoke in the meeting. And then I got in there and it was so goddamn smoky. It was miserable. Yeah. It was yeah. terrible. <laughs> I did see some people vaping in a meeting and it dude you could not see their fucking house when they vaped it was ridiculous I was like holy shit I am glad I'm not that guy vaping anymore I'm glad I quit yeah just trying to blow the biggest cloud of vape you can <laughs> yes I mean their whole screen was just fogged out it looked like their house was on fire I was about <laughs> to call emergency services yeah um Angeli said other people not on the meeting, but walking by the camera in underwear, uh, unaware that they are, you know, being seen because somebody in your house is on zoom. 
that could get tricky. I mean, the setup I got, the only thing I got behind me is a wall. But I could see where if I had a desk where it was, you know, the desk was against the wall and people could see behind me. There's people in my house that run around naked. Even if it's my five-year-old son sometimes just does it randomly. Like, that could be that could be tricky. That could be a, a lawsuit of some sort. I don't know how. Yeah, I usually creep into the bedroom and close the door and try to keep it. Because same thing, we have kids running around and things going on. And at any time, there could be some sort of argument or... <laughs> Crazy, right. crazy chaos in the background. So, yeah, I try to go in the bad bedroom, close the door, you know. One, for me, it's almost like you said. If there's too much going on, I get distracted. I'm so easily distracted. My attention span is like a gnat. So right. uh, part of it's for myself, but then the other part of it's for everyone else, too. Uh, let's see. So this was, uh, I guess, uh, the- Carolyn trying to tell a story. So I'm going to jump down to Heather tries to tell the story here and I'll try to explain it as well. So Caroline, Katie, Felicia, and Heather uh, having an in-depth conversation about Tiger King and all his shenanigans and how we would all totally vote for Joe Exotic for president when all of a sudden a person entered the meeting. Her account said she was from California. She thought she was early to the meeting, but the meeting had ended 20 minutes ago. We were trying to explain to her that the meeting was an East Coast meeting and that it was over. She couldn't hear us very well, so she was yelling and we were yelling. It was a shit show. We tried to engage in conversation and found out that she was alone and ordered to a shelter in place. We felt bad and tried to talk to her, but she just kept yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't the funniest story to read, but if... I'm picturing there's so many times I'm in a meeting and and just the little things crack me up, man. Whether it's somebody who's not muted and all of a sudden they're telling their wife that they don't want peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for dinner or just like the most random shit or people who are muted and trying to share or people who it's incredible how funny some of that stuff is because it's so ridiculous and the technical difficulties. Um, And so just picture it in that sense. I, I think that probably was a pretty comical moment. People yeah, screaming people at trying each other. Not, not realizing their headphones aren't turned up or they don't know how oh, yeah. to volume up on the headphones. So they can only hear like a whisper, you know, shit like that. And I, Saturday Night Live was on last night. I don't know if you stay up that late, but it's a show. Jen and I love to watch it. And uh, they did a bunch of remote, like all they did a live show or it was pre recorded, but sort of live. Like it was uh, all recorded skits that they had done over some sort of meat platform or whatever from their house. And one of the skits that they did was like five of them in a zoom meeting or six of them in a zoom meeting. And of course they had the two older ladies that couldn't figure out the technology and and did all of those stereotypical things. You know, the lady carried the fucking thing into the bathroom with her and you know, the other ladies can't figure out the camera. So she's all like this, you know, (laughs) in the camera. I might have to look that up. Yeah, it was it was kind of funny. I mean, it was not as good as it could have been, but it was pretty good. That's hilarious. The thing that most all of us have experienced, if you've been doing any of these technology uh, friendly meetings. (laughs) Oh my god! I'm you know the only thing I am jealous about is I can't do the backgrounds thing uh, on the platform I'm using, and that kind of there's so many good. I would be like. I would be good at that. I would be good at choosing fun. Yeah, I know. I can't do it either. Yeah. I'm angry about that. 
<laughs> me too. I feel like the people who I see do it are all wasting that talent. I'm like, you're wasting the ability. <laughs> right. That's a stupid background. <laughs> right. Uh, so Robin mentions uh, she watched a guy who didn't share but was visible on the gallery folding laundry for the entire meeting. And she said it must have been a lot of laundry. And I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, an hour's worth of folding? Good God. Yeah. I think it takes me like 10 minutes to fold a load. I mean, what the hell was he? I don't know. That's really weird. Yeah. An and hour. I've been in live meetings and seen people do weird shit. So I don't think folding laundry would catch me off too bad. Um, over the years, we used to have a guy that would crochet during the meeting, like the entire time. He'd just come in with his yarn and he would crochet the entire meeting. <laughs> Um, I had another, it was a friend of mine, an old sponsor, actually, that would do Tai Chi poses. He would stand in the back, not overtly, you know, crazy, but he would stand and do kind of different Tai Chi poses during the meeting. It's a way to sort of focus. And <laughs> that's some incredible self-acceptance right there. Cause like I've yeah. thought about, I would love to do like stretching like stretching is something I never have time for. And I feel like I could stretch and still listen. I would love to just stretch or do some kind of yoga during a meeting and combine those two things. But there is no fucking way you were going to see me in the back of a meeting doing yoga. <laughs> That's <laughs> not happening. <laughs> oh my God. So I don't know. You got anything else to wrap up with today? Or are you feeling good about? No, I think like most people, I think I am just getting, uh, I'm going to say worn down by the, the staying at home. Um, there's, Ooh. you know, we're definitely some benefits. We're getting a lot of projects done around the house. My wife and I were just talking last night about how, you know, how nice it is. Now, you know why people in their fifties and sixties tend to be generally happier people. Like we're, you know, getting to the other side of like our kids now pretty much leave us alone. Most of the day they're doing their own thing. They're pretty mm. independent. We kind of got a lot of our uh, personal time back. So it's great. We've been doing stuff together. We've been hanging out. We've been watching some shows, working on puzzles, doing some stuff with the kids too. You know, when we want to get them to interact with us, all having dinner together, like all five of us sitting down at the table having dinner on a, every night. Um, those are things that in the hustle and bustle of our life had gotten lost. Right. Um, so, you know, some of those things are great, but there is a part of me that misses, you know, Little League and meetings and, you know, hanging out and doing different sort of public things. You know, it, it gets it gets old quick, but I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know either. I, I, I'm thinking I might be pretty introverted. I'm like hoping this goes on for quite some time. Not to the detriment of other people who are struggling with it, but definitely like I'm just thoroughly enjoying it. I haven't, not that I don't miss some of those things you mentioned and, and that I, I will appreciate them when I get to do them again, but I'm not missing them so bad that I'm in any hurry to like run back out into society right now. Yeah. And those are minor, minor problems. You know, mine is more of an uncomfortability than anything else. Um, I will say an area that I do personally just struggle with, and it's me and my weird fucking anxiety, is knowing what I should be doing, you know, what what things are okay for me to do, like what's responsible and what's not mm. responsible. And, you know, obviously I know it's okay to go out and get groceries, but what if I need some stuff at the hardware store and, you know, am I supposed to be making those – are those things okay? And then obviously we need food. But, you know, Rita's is open back up. So we want Rita's. Is is it cool to go out and get Rita's, 
you know, or right. you going to the grocery store and stockpiling everything at home. And I understand those are little minor things, but it, for me personally, like I get a lot of anxiety about like, is this the responsible thing to do? Am I upholding my responsibility to my community? Am I being a good, you know, sort of steward or example to my kids? Like it's just my head fucking goes crazy with that shit. No, I can actually relate a lot. Uh, not as much. Uh, we're talking about driving and taking a hike today, which uh, according to the, you know, Maryland state parks or whatever, they're still open because Hogan said you need to get out and get exercise. And so I guess you're allowed to drive there as far as I could tell from that. Yeah. Um, but no, I get the same anxiety. We have some kids next door that my kids play with. And like so far, we've told them they're not allowed to. And they want to, they don't like my five year old does not understand why he can't go next door and play with his buddy. Right. Right. Um, but yesterday, they, a neighbor had a tree fall over. They were bringing some wood over to my house. My kids were, and the neighbor kids joined them. I guarantee they were closer than six feet at some time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know if the neighbor's parents go out to work every day or not. I really have no idea. So, how much more exposure am I risking? Like, is this okay? I don't know. Uh, a week ago, my mother stopped up randomly to my house, and I thought that was kind of shitty of her, honestly. Like, I love my mom, <laughs> and I can't tell her not to, but. Yeah. She works in a grocery store and here she is just dropping by my house like nothing's going wrong. And I'm like, no. (laughs) So, yeah, I I struggle with and, and, you know, talking about us meeting up. I'm like, should it's only me and you, but you do go to work. I was just around my mom who went to a grocery store. Like, I feel like the more times I say it's okay, that's how this spreads. Like, that's exactly what happens. (laughs) And so I'm just trying to follow extreme rules my wife went to the grocery store a second time this week because she could get a free ham i told her not to uh you know i was like don't we don't need it fuck that ham right let's follow the rules but she thought it was good so i yeah it's very up in the air like i don't know what's right and i get anxiety when i don't know what's right as well yeah and i just you know i want to be safe i want to get through this i don't want to you know again my big thing for just personally in a lot of areas of my life back to the tradition and back to, you know, this stuff, it's like, I just don't want to cause harm to other people anymore. You know, I spent a large life being a selfish, self-centered prick who didn't care who he hurt. You know, I, as long as I got what I wanted, I didn't really care about anyone else. And now part of trying to make amends or to, to, you know, be a different person in recovery is trying to do the least amount of harm as I can to people, you know, and, and, Mm-hmm. stuff creates some anxiety right now i will completely agree with that sentiment and i think that's a great place to end let's all try to be better people and we'll do this again next week that wraps up this episode please subscribe rate and review this podcast on your preferred platform if you have ideas for topics you'd like us to talk about or just want to add an opinion contact us through anchor Email us at recoverysortof at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at recoverysortof.